Good evening, everyone. Hello and welcome. Today, we have some really, really interesting talk lined up for you from GS Institute of Design. Uh, we are going to converse with Kenna Patel, uh, who is all the way from Ahmedabad, of course, in these times of online webinars, that's not really far off. But I can tell you that we are going to be really in store for some very uh, insightful kind of work, a lot of sharing of experience. And I'm very sure at the end of the seminar, you'll be able to take back a lot with you. This has been brought to you by Discover Design from JS Institute of Design. Now, let me just explain what Discover Design is. Uh, these are a series of webinars which we have been conducting since the last, uh, let's say, six months. Uh, which is about introducing uh, everybody to design, to understand the field of design better. And we cover areas, uh, domains in mainly interior spaces, but we also move into products uh, which are used in the interior, uh, fabrics and furnishings used in the interior, people who are concerned with interiors, and of course, tricks and tips for designing interiors. Besides that, we do foray into many relevant areas related to the space and interiors. Uh, so welcome once again. I'm just going to give a very short introduction uh, to myself. Uh, my name is Nancy Yao and I'm the Dean at the School of Design. Besides, I must say that today's speaker, Kenna, has been a very dear friend for many, many years, and there is a lot that I have discovered about her very recently, but uh, I have to say that she's been very generous in granting us this time, and in fact, her insight into work is not only exciting for young designers like yourselves, you are going to find it very interesting, but I too have found a lot of wealth, nuggets of information and inspiration from this work. So welcome, Kenna. I need to be talking a little bit more about you. Uh, but before we do that, let me um, invite participants to put in your questions. As we go along, I'm very sure you'll have a lot of questions to ask us. Please feel free to put it into the question and answer box. We will be taking up all these questions at the end of the session. And we hope to be able to answer each and every one of your questions. Just in case, and just in case, if you are not able to get across to all the questions, we have requested Kenna and her team to perhaps fill up, uh, you know, give back those responses a little later, and we will be in touch with those answers. So welcome, Kenna, once again. I definitely do want to have the privilege to talk a little bit about yourself, so some more minutes of my conversation. Kenna Patel is an architect and interior designer with over 30 years of experience. Um, she's completed her bachelor's of architecture at SEPT Ahmedabad. And following that, she did her master's at UC Berkeley in United States. At present, she's heading and, she, and of course, she's been the founder and chairperson of HCP, Interior Design Private Limited, based in but I'm sure this is not a limitation of geographical limitation. I find Kenna all over the world. So Ahmedabad is just because I have sentimental values attached to it. I grew up there. 
canvas from there and we had a really good time as students. But besides that, in addition, I want to add on her decades of experience in the field and the abundant exposure to life has molded her to embody a unique combination of highest standards that I can sense even now. And as you hear her speak, she's going to come up with pointers and you must look at that as well and pay attention to that. Highest standards from the world outside and from her experiences and the beautiful orderly chaos in, in, in our Indian culture, which I find Kena has um, integrated into her work very beautifully. So today her talk is going to uh, speak about her journey to identify herself not only as a citizen or a political uh, uh, a citizen of the country politically, but also about her beliefs and her values that she has tried to bring into her work. And I believe all of us youngsters, those who are trying to make a mark in the field of design in any sphere, as well as people uh, who have been practicing for a while, have been trying to really make a statement about who they are and, and make their statement in their work. She also, I realize, has been working a lot uh, with youngsters in training them, undertaking workshops, perhaps taking a few classes. And this is with the sole intention to share what she has learned to take, to take the youngsters along in her journey that she has discovered for herself. And so Kenna, I'm gonna welcome you to please make your presentations. But in the meantime, I do invite young, the participants once again to put in your questions, as many as you want. And I have definitely got the promise from Kenna to answer as much as we can today. So Kenna, welcome, please continue. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's a joy uh, to present today to a whole number of people, um, especially because this has never happened that I could be in Ahmedabad and be able, be able to talk to people all over the country. And maybe a few friends who may have joined from abroad as well. So it's a joy. Uh, thanks a lot, Neen, for welcoming me on this platform. It's a pleasure that I can share some of my views, my design philosophy, and the joy of working, as I would put it, uh, with such a large audience. Um, I will start with the presentation just now. All right. So today's presentation uh, is titled and it's Indian contextual design. Basically, I'm going to share what my journey has been like. Um, and I hope that you enjoy uh, viewing this along with me. That's what my firm is called, HCP Interior Design Private Limited. We've done a lot of work over the last 30 years. A lot has been published in magazines, in books. We've started an, another company called Why Not, which makes just products. We have a website which shows a lot of our work. We have an Instagram handle, which shares on a regular level. 
we have created two monographs, which are hard copies as well as soft copies, which again speak a lot about the work done so far. But that's not enough because I feel that by looking at any of these things, you don't really understand someone's work. I think it's very important to see the work in the light of somebody's philosophy, how it happened, how we think about it, what kind of goes through our mind when we are working on it. So I would first say that in my mind, it has been very clear that a power of a space is measured only in the memory of the soul. The experience is important. And therefore, just looking at pictures, it just doesn't do the job. It just leaves a flat image in your mind. And therefore, a lot of our work has connected with the idea of experience. First, I'm going to share with you how we do these projects. I know that in my audience, I have a lot of practicing designers. I have young designers studying. I have, in fact, some of my colleagues who are also there and friends, peer friends who are my own age, who've been working for the same number of years that we all do. But I still want to say what matters to us when we what do the interior projects. So when we create spaces, I kind of say that we kind of set the users or the client on a voyage, on an imaginary trip. If we have to create any experience, say just a simple thing like dining, we don't want it to be as simple. We want it to be something more beyond so that the experience becomes more special. If it's a conference room, we all know it requires functional issues, but it needs to be more than that. If it has to be something special, experience for the clients. If it's for an industry, say jewelers, you need to understand how that industry functions in India, how the customers operate, how the sales happens, what matters to them. And if you can put an environment together that speaks of that business, then it's a success is what we feel. At other times, we've also done spaces for the very important people like president and prime ministers. Now, when they visit a place, you want it to have a certain exuberance because it has to match their hierarchy. When it comes to school, we want to think of local values and global values. This is, for example, a space in which a child learns through shopping. And we've tried to bring in the, the real India and the new India. As like all of us do, we start the process by discussing with clients, kind of summing down what their brief requirement is, putting a mood board together. Yes, I agree. Sometimes clients don't understand what these mood boards are, but that really kind of charges a project and some sketches which kind of lead us further. Eventually, the idea is to complete a project, see through it as complete as with the foot mats and hand it over. The final joy is only when the client feels happy and satisfied. That's how HCPID thinks. Now, how do we do it? I've just shared with you what we do, but how do we go about doing it? So it's about the usual. You take cues from the client. You kind of discuss what they want again. 
a lot of sketches, doodling, thinking it through, sharing it with your team. We have an in-house material library, a complete library which houses all of these materials. We kind of, in a way, play with it. We kind of look at various combinations. We discuss it. And then we kind of zero down on things which kind of would be successful for, for a project. In India, the difficult thing, which all of you will agree, is the execution part of it. This is one area which has not evolved as fast as it should. We have kind of tried to bridge this gap by creating lots of processes and systems to kind of make it smooth and to give us a result that is successful. Because at the end, we all want to match to the global standards. We don't want any shortcuts to anything that we do. Our work has always incorporated art. But what we've always done is to use very young Indian artists. Because one, to promote them. Two, to make it affordable. And three, to kind of, that's the new India. You cannot only celebrate the very rich. Or you cannot always celebrate the very successful. So you want a combination of this to happen in your projects. While the projects move, we work very closely with contractors and curators. That's one of my joy, going to the workshop, working hand in hand with them, and to evolve the details, to try and understand what constraints they have, and to take a project over with understanding every minute detail. While we do all this, what we must remember, that we all belong to India, we do projects in India, the, our clients are Indian, and it's our responsibility to take India at a level where people recognize our work as powerful, as different, and something that we can be really proud of. All right. Um, I'm going to get the participants involved as well. But before we bring in the poll question, I have a question for you. I've seen uh, you take us through the process, which I do observe is very detailed. You still take the trouble to make mood boards or concept boards. You have a material board, or I would say you actually have built a library to do all that. Now, I know that uh, this is an education. Uh, in education, we take, we take the students through those steps of learning. And I noticed that whatever many years of experience you may have had, uh, I do think it's still um, wondrous for us that practicing designers after so many years of experience still believe in the, in the, you know, the freshness of having a concept board and the ability for it to be basically a good communication platform for all you, your team, and perhaps even the vendors and contractors would be working on this. So thank you for that. And I would then perhaps ask you one question before we go on to the poll. What, you know, I, in my experience of working with students, and I see a lot of struggle to find that identity. You know, I definitely want to be different from every other design colleague or my colleagues in the class, as well as when I'm practicing. How did that evolve? Uh, how does that evolve? Is it, does it, does being Indian really mean many billions of things like we are? And how did it evolve for you? So I'll be very keen to uh, listen to what your experience has been. 
But in the meantime, I have a question for all the participants. So let's have the poll question, please. Okay. Oh, this is about the interior narrative. I guess all of us really want to have a unique narrative. So the interior narrative gets its identity from form, space, colors, textures, or intangible elements like sense, mood, ambience, the feel of the space, sensorial experience, smell, sight, sound, touch, or all of the above. So go ahead, mark out what you think is right, and then I'm gonna get Kenna to give her point of view. Sorry, we can't give host and panelists can't vote, but I'm sure the participants have a strong point of view, and let's figure out what do most of them want to say. Okay. Wow. Kenna, what do you say? 88%. Fair. All of them. Um, it's interesting to see that how will our audience believe that it should be all of the above. Like 88% feel that it should be all of the things. Mm -hmm. I kind of agree to it. But when it comes to identity, there are many different kinds of identity that we kind of live with as a professional. Because many different people are observing our work. You know, it's students, it's your peers, it's your clients, and sometimes it's non-designers, non it's the vendors and the people in the industry and things. Now, when you th th talk about identity, what's very important to understand is that the identity should be such that it can be understood at different levels. Um, because people who are non-designers, they are not going to look at form, space, colors, and textures. They're going to look at it at a very simple level. When it comes to sensorial experience, I feel every human being will experience it. Because everybody feels it. Whether you are a designer, non-designer, you are young, you are grown up, you will feel it. And when it comes to intangible elements, I think it's slightly the intellectual aspect of it. But even intangible elements are felt by others. So if I had to rate it, I would give the second two more importance than the form, space, color, and texture. That's how I would go. All right. Thank you. That's a, that's a good, that's, thanks for sharing. Okay, are we moving ahead? Can we see? Right, there you are. Okay. So if we continue with it, and in reference to what Nain has just asked, um, like I said, the forms and the spaces are not as important. It is how we get inspired by intangible elements from our environment and from our surroundings that should be given a little more importance. And that would be very important as you work in any surrounding, in any context. Say, let's take India for example. We belong here. And we all know that it's a land of spices, colors, experiences. 
And it's, it's that feel that we need to remember about India. In India, we always dress up over the top and we are in intense environment. And I think it's important to accept it. Where is this minimalism coming from? It's not really us. Our artwork and our forms are taken from our surroundings. The textiles pick up the flowers and the artwork picks up all the foliage. And if we do that, that makes it very Indian. We mustn't forget our flowers, the Jui, the Chameli, the Mogra. These are really Indian flowers and we should see them come through in our work, whether we see it at shape or at the fragrance level or whichever level we embed it into our projects. We mustn't forget all our beautiful trees that we have in our country, the banyan tree, our national tree. And the high that you get from playing in this manner probably is more than sitting in a roller coaster. And we mustn't forget that. And it's, 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 it's these kind of intangible aspects of our environment we need to observe and to make sure that we bring it back. you will all agree that we see an order. Each one of us, at least each of the Indian on this uh, webinar, will agree that we'll easily walk through the street and we would be comfortable doing so. Whether it's north, south, east or west, we live with colors. We have different kinds of colors, different forms, but we love to celebrate them. While we do all this, I think it's very important to accept the economic differences that we have in our culture. Every time we take decisions or we kind of think of things, I think it's important to think of both the worlds and to incorporate elements or an understanding or a factor that will leave all sides comfortable. Mythology has not yet left us. We still connect to it. It's there in present India. And if it wants to be, we need to incorporate it. We love to reuse, recycle. We can use just simple stones and play a game or use leaves and turn it into beautiful plates. This is from India and we need to keep it with us. And entrance is very important. Right from the time we have had stupas to an entrance door in an apartment. If that's the way it is, we should know how to celebrated, how to make it ornate that people feel comfortable about it. We bring natural elements into our spaces. It's been our history and we love to do it and even modern environments need to do so. And finally, our homes. We always extend it outdoors. Whether it is through a veranda or it's just an extension of a roof or we create a temporary space but we love to add extra space. For various reasons, our weather, we live as extended families, so we, need, we are always in need of extra space. We celebrate many things and we need that extra space when we have all the guests over. So it's important to acknowledge that and create those spaces. Kenna, I think the screen has frozen. Can you um, just get it checked up, please? Yes. What do I do? Screen sharing is paused. Why is it paused? Resume share. 
Yes. Is that? Do I need yes, to yes, go yes. back? Yes. No, you can see it now. Do I need to take any slides back? Uh, perhaps just a few last two, three, because we did, we, I do think it was paused for a long time. Yes. Correct. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. This is when I was speaking about how India reused P to work, uh, play with stones and create a game out of it. We use leaves from nature and turn it into beautiful plates. All right. Uh, entrance doors have been very important for us right from the stupa time till today's time in an apartment. We want to make sure that we have entrances which look powerful. Natural elements into our homes has been of the past and we should design new environments which will do the same. Our homes naturally extend into the outdoors. What I'm trying to say is that we need verandas, we need extended covered areas, we need areas where we can have a celebration or we can sit in good weather or enjoy the outdoors. Because many times it's very, very hot in this country, in most parts of this country. And so it's important that we recognize that and create such spaces. What I'm trying to say is that the environments that we design, they need to have a sense of continuity where there's a link to the future, which basically I'm trying to say that that feeling is called timelessness, which means that timelessness is there everywhere. It, it could be in Japan, it could be in Germany, it could be in USA, but if you want the timelessness quality in India, then the timelessness and India the two things need to connect. You, we need to remember India if you want to bring that quality in our environments. At that point, we cannot go and look in Pinterest examples from Hong Kong or Taiwan or Vietnam and say that, oh, let me try this or let me try that. Because it's, I think it's not going to work. It's not going to give us spaces which are timeless for our country. So if I take it from here and say that if that timelessness has to be defined, how have I managed to do it? So before we move on to your, uh, you sharing your experience of timelessness, um, I just want to do add on a bit about what you just covered, you know, being Indian, the way you saw India, um, the chaos of India, the colors, the diversity, um, many, many small nuances like entrance being important and do you think all designers who probably are exposed to perhaps very similar nuances, do you think they're going to see a lot of work shaping up based on that? Or do you think we also in India, we are really such a dichotomy. I mean, so diverse, not only in terms of sometimes leading to perhaps on the verge of being disparity, you know, having that huge disparity. I mean, that exposure to technology amazing groups of people who are really at the global or the top-notch level with similar, very simple tools being used for many things in our own everyday functions. So I still see that existing, that wide sham existing between 
our, con uh, our countrymen. We also see that beliefs, various beliefs, starting from religious to political to social, very, very different again. Do you advise our uh, uh, young designers to look at this, consider it, and to imbibe it if they were to develop their own thinking? That's my question to you. And on your way to timelessness, on their way to timelessness, I mean, perhaps there are many more years to go. And in the meantime, I'm going to just have a poll question so that, Kenna, you have two things to answer to when we return. So can we have the poll question, please? All right. Thank you. That's about encouraging all designers to aim to be masters at some point in their careers, in their life. So a designer matures into a master when they win most coveted award in the field. I think that's, that's many people really want to do that and they work towards it. Nothing wrong, a lot of right things also. Maximum projects accomplished. That's also another number game. And I think in our material world, we are really trying to do that. Many people are, but I don't think uh, that's something that everybody will achieve. So what about the others? Applauded and fated by everyone. That's another fame name everybody wants. Or realization of self with the universe. A little bit, I think, preachy, but... Uh, I think this, so these are the four answers. Please go ahead, participants. We want to know what you really think. Okay, and wow, I must say we have some very mature people, participants, and perhaps um, I do believe that whatever is the answer, Kenna, you must, you must give your point of view, but my question on developing, you know, your ability to be, to have the identity of an Indian, having it in your work or, or implementing it in your work, in your journey towards timelessness, what do you suggest? Do you think we'll all end up looking alike? I mean, doing similar work? Um, well, first I would say that as architects and interior designers, in, in, in our own mind, we can see ourselves as artists, but professionally, we are service providers. So given we are service providers, we cannot say that the people, the awards, the number of projects don't matter because we are part of a society and we have to perform in a society. So I'm quite surprised that everybody thinks it's all, you become a master only when you yourself realize it. Because I personally feel that it's necessary to be part of the society, to get recognized, to have enough experience because this is a field where you need a lot of experience. I mean, like your first 10 years goes in really discovering and understanding it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, whether it's your clients or your students, you want them to also feel comfortable because as you grow older, the younger generation needs to also feel comfortable with what you do. So in some sense, this whole thing about realization of self with the universe, 
I am not agreeing to it. <laughs> <laughs> I am seeing similar opinions coming up in the chat box, but well, uh, it seems not everybody agrees with it, and that's a good that's a good sign. Good sign. Different opinions are good for and the, for the health of the profession. Uh, so, so my question to the identity: Do you think? Because we, many of us are similar, of course, India is hugely diverse, but do you think we may actually end up being very similar in our identities of being an Indian designer? No, not really, because <clears throat> when I said that, you know, you take a lot of cues from your clients, from your surroundings, and India, we call it India, but each state is like, you know, a different country in Europe. Because we have so many languages, so many food, the geographical, condi geographical conditions change, the music is different, the dance is different. I have a feeling that there is, you know, we are lucky as Indians. We have a choice to become many, many different things. And we can pick who we want to be. We don't have to be, if you're from Gujarat, you have to be like a Gujarat designer. You can be what you want to be because that's, I would consider it as a joy that I can be doing the kind of work which is expected in Bengal. Why not? And I think that's an advantage in India. Say if I were a designer in Germany, I would have to be like how the Germans think and the German context and the German, which doesn't give me that choice. So I think we are lucky that we have this variation. So we can celebrate the diversity over here too. So, well, that's good news for all of us. Uh, of course, we knew it all the while, but I, we are still trying to discover what are we, what are we, what is our Indianness? Okay, can I, so I'm really eager to listen to what, what you mean by timelessness. So, like I said, as far as we are concerned, and as far as I was concerned, particularly, when I did a certain number of projects and started realizing where I was heading and what was I trying to discover, I realized that from being just a designer, an interior designer, which does spaces, spatial design, an artist of space, I started thinking in the direction of artist of time. Because I was looking for this continuity, this connection with history, this connection with the future. And I would now like to share how we went about doing that. So first thing that we kind of acknowledge that we are from here, which is India, we belong here, and we celebrate here. That comes to all of us, no matter where we are in India. While we were doing that, this whole issue of timelessness, we, I would reiterate my sentence that we were not looking for forms and shapes in spaces. We were looking for the intangible experiences, experiences which don't have a shape. They just have a feeling. And we realized that a lot of our work carried some of these five feelings. And I'm now going to quickly share that what these five uh, feelings mean and its connection to India as well. We all know about the Indian sari. It is, has 108 ways of wearing it and it fits all. The small, the short, the tall, the fat, the slim, everything. It has a simplicity and a flexibility. Now, if we take a cue from this, can we take it into design and try and see what we can learn from it? This is an example of an auditorium that we did a few years ago. <clears throat> it's here in Ahmedabad. As you see, we've used 
minimal materials and we, we were able to still see through the project. We were not looking for too many variations. It's mainly veneer, plywood, textiles, and solid wood, and a little bit of color. This is Alio France Institute, where we were responsible for architecture and interiors. This was a challenging project. And here we found that we had to work in a very limited budget. In 2000 rupees per square foot, we finished architecture and interiors. And it's possible in India. Remember I said, remember the diversity in this country? And it's possible to do it. This is a more high-end project. It's on, in a golf community. It's a weekend home. And where we were rendering some of the spaces, we said we are not going to use wallpapers. There are so many local artists. And this place is quite close to the birth sanctuary. Let's celebrate it. And you can draw flowers, when you, I'm sorry, the birds. And you don't need to have wallpapers that say that. And of course, you'll see the real birds as well. That's a jewelry showroom, an entry of it. And here, we decided that we're not going to be part of the cliche that you use Italian marble on the flooring. We're going to look at what India is all about. Its colors, its forms, patterns as part of the jewelry. These are some tips which I would like to share. It's wonderful to have the tips at the end of your, uh, on this particular topic. So I would encourage all the participants to really click it if possible. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, what I would also announce is that we do have sending the participants a small summary of what Ken has presented. And these would consider, uh, they would consist of the tips as well, right, Kenna? Yes, it includes okay, Great. So okay. yes, please go ahead. We move on to the second one, uh, which is soliciting sensory experience. We've all seen this RP, or most of us have seen it in Varanasi. And it's a sensorial experience, visually, sound, the smell. Now, if we enjoy this, and if we like this, we need to ask ourselves, can we blend it into our work? That's a school that we designed. And in that school, there was a corridor, 10 foot wide. And we had installed this kind of rickshaw for the kids to play in. We all remember that our recesses were the important part. Running through the corridor, being able to play, to sit in the rickshaw and say, broom, broom, and you know, just that feeling. And that memory, if we can embed it inside, I think you'll remember, remember it as a beautiful childhood memory. That's a clubhouse. Uh, it's in a plotted community. It's about an hour away from Ahmedabad, again, close to the bird sanctuary. And when we were designing this space, we said that you can't have bedrooms the kind you have in a normal apartment. You have to be able to sleep under the tree, an imaginary tree, and be able to recreate your childhood stories. Again, a house in a bungalow scheme. The houses would be identical. It is only interiors which would provide you the variation. And we thought that the vestibule could be beautifully marked with the sculpture. Mm -hmm. We have Rajbhavans in every state in our uh, country. 
This was the one in Gujarat in Gandhinagar. And we decided to celebrate the industry, the Amul industry. And then on the top, we have the cowbells, which is a craft from Kutch. And when you pull the string, all the bells will chime and the main VIP would walk in from the elevator door there. When it comes to doing residences for the very rich, we thought let's create that little paradox. We don't want to use materials. We're going to use light. Can we use light to make it stunning? And can we use natural light and frame it when it comes to a meditational space? And here, a few learnings from this. We all know about the trains in yeah. India and the ambiguity associated with it. We never know when the train reaches in India to a destination, <laughs> but we still all use it and we travel. Now, if we've learned to be, to leave that kind of ambiguity in our regular life, can we do it on our projects where we let the user complete the story? You know, you leave a few things for others to imagine or think through. That's a corporate office. And here, when we designed the reception area, we enjoyed creating a paradox. It shows construction work, another corporate office, a typical office where you would do all the kind of necessary furniture in terms of sofas and the main executive desk. But when it came to the ground floor arrival, we wanted to create a space which leaves you a little stunned, makes you wonder, is this a museum? Because it had some sculptures, some benchmarks of the industry and a free flowing space. We did seven lobbies in a commercial building. Uh, commercial office building. And when we were doing these lobbies, we wanted people who use the office to walk through the lobby uh, and kind of take a pause and have a smile on their face and look up. These were oversized light fixtures in seven lobbies. In the weekend home, everyone goes over a weekend to have a party and having a bar in Gujarat, it's very important. And we decided that we would do it differently. It's a conversation starter place where people would enjoy stop by. What our clients said is that it's become a selfie point now in their home. And so the party is really interesting when all these things go on. This is keeping in tune with the new developments in technology. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an apartment in Mumbai. It's on the fourth floor and it has this beautiful gallery outside and we did this bar there. I always feel that when you're sitting somewhere for a glass of drink, it's nice to be able to stare at something, think about it, discuss with somebody. Another corporate house and their arrival space. Here people will come in suits and tie and yes sir, no sir, on the time, 
but even those people need a break. So we said that, you know, the cafe has to have wallpaper, which reminds them of their own children, family, which is at home. We all work hard towards keeping the family happy. Something different from a corporate standard canteen or a cafe. So here are some of the tips which go with comfortable with ambiguity. And now we might just have to, because I do want you to talk with the participants. Okay, I'm going to go faster. Yes. So here uh, we say that we are all used to the Indian traffic and intuitively we kind of drive through it. If we trust our intuitions, can we trust our intuitions when we work? Say when you do design a restaurant in a clubhouse, can you leave some space outside where you can take your own food and sit? You know, you're not going to pay for food each time you go somewhere. Children love the freedom when they're learning in a kitchen lab, for example. But when it comes to counseling, they want that little privacy. When it comes to jewelry showroom, it needs a stunning entry. But you also need to acknowledge that they want to have a place of worship. Can you incorporate it in a big way into your interiors? Can you celebrate the street artists who make the POP Ganeshas? That's an academy which runs uh, classes which are which we're going to have gypsum on it. Once I went to the site and I saw that a beautiful light was bleeding in and I said, hold the jib board and we just used beautiful um, fiberglass to let the light penetrate in. And then to add to it, we incorporated Saraswati, goddess of education, and this jali where you can mark your place. You can tie a thread and say, I went through this institute. In a clubhouse, when you design spaces for children, it's nice to incorporate the emojis because after all, it's a language that the literate and the illiterate, the old and the very young both can understand. In Alio France Institute, we thought that given it was just a multi-story building and did not have a lot of campus space, we decided that the students and the children needed to hang out somewhere. Can lendings become those spaces? When we were asked to design a facade and interiors for a shell that we were provided with, we decided to do a green wall. And it was wonderful to see how beautifully the creepers grew. When we did a playland for pre-primary kids in Xavier's school, we used very simple ways to create the serpentine walk to come up to a stage. Simple things can turn a space around. So in short, I'm trying to say that if you follow your intuition, some unusual ideas would come through. We need to bring nature to design inside out. We need to make sure that we can feel it. There is a golf community and these two bungalows were happening. And when we were designing them, we said, let's create an outdoor area, a shaded area close to the water where the family can come together and sit around and chit chat. This was a house for doctors. They're mostly at the consultant, uh, at their nursing home and they come home only in the evening 
So can we give them a courtyard where they can enjoy in the evening after dinner? That's a weekend home and it's a sample house. And when we did the veranda, we said, let's have a place to lie down as well a place to sit and have a cup of tea. That's a food court, a restaurant on the highway. And can you give unusual experiences while you're traveling? That's close to Ambaji. So their Ambaji Mata and that feeling was brought into this environment. Again, the school corridor with the bus and even the trees. Because the trees, there were trees outside, but there was only parking over there. So these kids couldn't really go and play there. So then it was in a way uh, irony and that's how they created the tree in the corridor. That's again another clubhouse where we did architecture and interiors and we created spaces around water. Ahmedabad is and dusty. And we need to remember that when we create an environment for people. that also had a home. When you think of graphics and forms and shapes, we can look at our own grassland, our wildflowers, and our block printed fabric and incorporate it in our environments. When designing architecture, landscape, and interiors on this project, we felt we had to remember the that the water comes quite close to us because it always feels good no matter where you are in this world. A sweet room, no star category. It's a simple sweet room at a clubhouse. And we said that even service ducts can become more, more than just basic functions. And hence, we must romanticize with nature and create spaces which will bring the nature in. In short, what I've tried to share is these five points. And I say that each one of them is connected to a strong Indian characteristics. And you can bring the timeless when you bring the two. Well, Kenna, uh, very well explained and uh, perhaps these are things which uh, are so intangible, perhaps not thought of, but okay, okay, there you have some really, I know there are these wonderful slides which conveys a lot more, please go ahead, yeah. because I want to then move It's on just to three slides, uh, so okay. what I'm trying to sum it up and say that Indianness is not about what we have. It's about who we are. We should not desperately look for design intuitions. You may get the best ones when you are not even looking for any. We've progressed with the world. We've got inspired through global interiors. But the soul of the country still remains there. The child. With surprises at every turn of the street. Streets that hold a story within them. We need to learn 
how to read that story. And as you flow through a maze of 100 different characters, you need to pick yours. Even silence speaks aloud, all you need to do is listen carefully. And with this, I would like to thank you, first my audience for giving me the time, and then to JS Institute of Design to invite me on this platform, and definitely my team who helped me to put it together. Chantam Dingra worked quite hard on putting this project together for the JS Institute of Design. And I thank my core team, Sonal and Bhagyashree, for the same. Thank you again. Uh, thank you, Kenna. Uh, I would uh, ask the participants not to go away yet. This is not the end. And I see there are many, many questions for Kenna to answer. Uh, but yes, your team and, uh, well, of course, you have delivered this, have really bared your soul. And I thank you for that. Um, but we all know there is a lot more, lot more questions still being asked about uh, because it's really not easy to understand what, uh, what being Indian means to many of us. Uh, probably that's where I would think that we all have our own journeys to live. Perhaps that is being in, uh, as we say, that is being what, where we might end up being saying this is my journey of being Indian or or being or 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 being uh, or having Indianness with me, but meantime, cannot. Do you want to have a drink of water before you start answering the questions? Because oh my God, there are just many, many, many. So are I'm you sorry. ready? <clears throat> Took a little longer than I thought I would. Uh, never mind. I promise that I will answer the questions. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm going to ask. Um, begin with. Uh, what would be the fine line between Indianness and traditional or ethnic Indian? I mean, do you differentiate that at all? Um, they, they are both Indian. When you said traditional or ethnicity, maybe we call it ethnic because it's of the past. Mm -hmm. So it is our ability to strain it and take what we want from the past and add it to the present India, the modern India. All right. How would you blend the Indian culture in today's contemporary modern architecture? That's the question by Shankar Patra. And he wants to know, how would you blend the Indian culture in today's contemporary architecture? I think if you can bring in all the new technology, part of your uh, built form that you're doing, then you brought the new India into the India you wish it to be. So it's not, again, I'm saying that it doesn't have to have a title that is vernacular or it's modernist. As far as the spaces are functional and powerful, it would work. Okay. Um, okay, there's an advice about, there, there's an advice being sought from you. So how can I practice as a newbie interior designer independently? I've tried interning, but my experiences haven't been great. Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm not sure if this is the correct platform to answer the question, but uh, to look for the right office to work, it's a thing to learn. 
either through your mentor or through reading up. And so if you find the right office, you must work for four or five years before you decide to start your own practice. Right, so CR, I hope, uh, you know, I'm sure that there would be many, uh, you could still talk to more designers or perhaps connect with Kenamem separately and, you know, have a little advice from her. She would be very happy to answer some of these. Um, so there is a question about inclusion of artists in your work. Um, when do we involve new artists for a project? I mean, I think a lot of your interiors have involved artists in some form or the other. So perhaps you can... Um, okay, so you include them when you make your first estimate. We say that about 1% or up to 1% to 10% of your estimate, you say will go towards art. So in your estimate, if you've included, you can eventually bring it onto your project. Right. Okay, so in, in line with that as well, how would you evaluate a young artist or artisan and further interest them with installing art in an interior? Would the clients really accept the art as is? Are you usually need a, when you use young artists, you need a curator in between. And the curator will have the experience of how to bring the young artist on board into an interior project. To have an artist directly is always very difficult. Mm -hmm. Right. So is it a lot of convincing the client or do you sort of educate the client as you go along? Oh, I've been educating for the last 30 years. <laughs> I remember my first project where my clients liked only miniature paintings. And I managed to teach them what uh, modern work is. And you won't believe me. I, in 1986, managed to sell them a Piraji Sagra painting. Wow. Yes, he was very radical at that time. Yes. Very different from miniature. Very, very different. And, and my clients were very traditional, but they, they loved it. Later on, they were asking me that, can we have more of this kind of work? <laughs> Because I worked for about four times for them. My last time was in 1970. So, so this is again, I'd like to bring in at this point, you know, the participants, youngsters, you must, must look at uh, educating yourself and keeping in touch with all the new trends that are happening amongst uh, the, you know, innovations, whether they are by artists, by artisans, craftspeople, um, people who work with different material. I think that is what is going to be letting you know what this modern India is becoming and start with local, start with what is around you. I think that's going to really make you so much more involved with your surroundings as well. So you have now one question which is going to really take us back to your timelessness topic. If sticking to one period, does it, does it make you lose sense of timelessness? What do you think about the statement? I, yeah, sorry. I Did you that's that's that? what I said. You don't stick to one period. You mm -hmm. look for that continuity. You look for the future. Uh, because it's not like sticking to a period. If you, today is today and you design for today, thinking of the future, but you incorporate the past. So in some sense, you've not really stuck to one time. You've stuck to three different times. Right. I, I do believe timelessness is achieved or matures on its own. I, 
I don't think it really needs to be planned like the budget of a like an annual budget. So pro probably you need to let yourself also flow with what's happening around you. And perhaps you should only review it at some point to check out whether you are, whether you have achieved something that you probably wanted to. Um, I would be very frank, Neen, mm -hmm. that You know, if you go looking for that, what is my design philosophy and then start designing, that's not the way to go. You right. need to discover. And every time you take a pause in your practice, you just intellectualize it in a certain manner and then continue moving forward. Right. So Pavan has another statement to add on. And he was, he's just asking, would timelessness mean that the build should not have a lifespan as a mode of judgment? But the judgment be on perception that it belongs there since it has a deeper reason or meaning. So are you saying that the build or the structure should only be, it's not about the, the validity or the, you know, the physicality of the structure. It should only be a concept of being timeless or the perception of being timeless. I hope Pavan you asked, I hope I'm translating you or interpreting you in that manner. Uh, but would you like to elaborate? Uh, would you like to have your point of view, Kenna, on this? Dean, I didn't get the question too clearly. If you so, can uh, expand the question a little more clearly. Okay, I read out the question, so I would think it's a little... Would, would timelessness mean that the build should not have a lifespan? Okay. But the judgment be on perception that it belongs there since it has a reason or deeper meaning. Um, when you build, you don't decide how long it's going to survive. In a way, the, 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 the growth and civilization decides the length of it. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you don't have that control as the designer. And especially when you hand it over to your client, it's not in your hand. So I'm not getting the idea clear that okay um i, I would think that possibly these are things sometimes left a little unsaid because there can only be opinions around it um so we have some more to go to uh, as a practicing so kenna there are many people asking you for advice uh, because i can see that perhaps the beginners or the people who have got into practice uh, in the profession have, they are facing different kind of challenges, I would think. And they do definitely do want you to be able to, to give them some advice. How can a beginner learn and start out without any formal degree, but genuine interest and passion? Oh, that's Nikita, Mithika. Is it possible you think? I have always believed in education. I think uh, to learn um, the theory and education, it allows you to think clearly. So to think that you can just start doing something, I would say, would you allow a doctor to just start operating without studying? Right. So what a heavy statement, Kenna, I must say that. <laughs> But it's true, you don't want anybody working on your body who's not trained. 
that's true and so uh, i do think there is a value to education and perhaps even formal education okay there's a question from virti about uh, practicing as an interior designer i'm inclined towards tra traditionalism but sometimes the clients are more wanting modernism and how do you bridge the gap um there there is as a profession you do need to educate your client when you ask them many times they start realizing what they think is modern is not really modern it's just a thought that they've not thought through clearly and traditional is not traditional because somehow i mean i don't call sari a traditional outfit sari is as modern as it can be i i'm sure everybody would agree to that and so it's that kind of examples by giving non design examples to your clients you manage to explain a lot of these things but i also think as designers perhaps we should be the ones who should be the most open about perceiving anything for example looking at a sari it actually is about being timeless does it adapt itself to every era that comes by is it going to adapt to something that's going to happen in future if as designers we see that pot uh, potential and the possibility i do think we are going to be able to um, perhaps interpret it for the clients who want it in any other way so that is one thing i would i would advise uh, the young designers uh, a question from benjamin john he says form follows function so how do things like hardware how are they how are hardware important to make a space functional well <coughs> hardware hardware is is technology i put hardware into the bin of technology and technology in any project is just necessary so you know it can change over a period of time but it needs to be there no matter what kind of project you're doing small or big mm -hmm. okay a question on color indian interior design revolves around bright and diverse colors how do we get the right mix with neutral shades since grays and blues science sense of timelessness do you agree with that kenna uh, yes um get beautiful old things like for example i've always looked at our old carpets uh from jaipur from kashmir uh and these carpets carry multiple colors if you can learn to understand why those things work together how beautiful it works and if you sort of start studying it that's one way to understand how to create your own color board and then you'll have all your neutrals those carpets have neutrals and the bright colors together and they but i mean the authentic good carpets the old carpets true uh simran has been a very appreciative participant and she appreciates appreciates the information presented today uh her question is how do we locate and get in contact with new carigars and artists uh that are still growing and how should we approach them regarding any collaborations so uh, there is there is a lot of things you discover when you travel like i'll give you an example that what i did i traveled in kutch i did a one week trip trip 
And I went to all the various towns where a lot of this work is happening. And I actually had enough time so that I could sit with them and look at them making things. And if you can explore in India, it's still very alive. It's not dead. It's not in the museum stuff. So you, you will find it. But you need to travel in a non-standard uh, way of traveling. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, a question, a question about timelessness. I think your topic on timelessness is, has caught the fancy of a lot of people and they really are trying to understand that better. Are there any different, are there different materials which you tend to use to keep your interiors timeless? Um, that's what I was trying to say. It is not the materials which makes it timeless. It's how you bring materials together. The choice of using very few itself. So whether it's plywood or it's marble or it's quarter stone, but it's, it's, it's when you limit and you keep, like I said, voluntarily use fewer things. And that itself makes a space powerful and timeless. Okay, now there are quite a few questions about, uh, well, uh, people are showing interest to work with you. So if they were to join your firm, what qualities would you be looking at? Or what are the uh, general qualities and skills that you recommend the designers um, to be, to get, to, you know, to, to seamlessly move into the profession immediately after the formal education? So would you want to say a few words on that? Well, I've always believed that even while you are studying, one should work in all the summer vacations. Even if it's for a month, for a month and a half, you should accumulate experience because in the process, you are understanding how the industry functions. So we look for people who have been in this way more exploratory and curious and have accumulated that experience. And then, like I said earlier, you need to learn how to review a firm. I had in fact written an article on how to review a firm. And then once you've done that, you have to find whether you fit the bill or not, and then apply only to those kind of firms. Mm -hmm. So that's a big tip for beginners. Um, uh, perhaps we should look up, uh, Kenna, would you have it on your website? Uh, no, it's not on my website. I'll have to dig for it, but I'll yeah. find it. Okay, so if you can upload it, and I'm sure your, uh, the participants today can go and check that out. Mm -hmm. uh, also a very pertinent question, Disha is asking, how to take charges from clients when a project is starting? I mean, really, this is such a big question for all the beginners. It's not easy. So what's your, what's your advice, Kenna? I keep going back. <laughs> if, you work, if you work for five years with, with a good firm, you learn your tricks with that firm. And you learn how to do your contracts. So if you've not done a contract, you should not begin a project. I think paperwork is very important. You know, when we go to hospital, they make you sign so many papers. You go to a lawyer, they ask for so much information. We are equal professionals and we need to do paperwork before we begin a project. Right. Uh, legal flaw because somebody's done a sign. Correct. So really nothing works without experience. It's not just learning from 
or hearing an advice from somebody, it does matter that you get involved with this experience and perhaps uh, through the years you are going to be figuring out what is to be done. Uh, there's a very interesting question by Devarsh who's studying in 12th and he does want to become an architect. Devarsh is from Ahmedabad. Um, well, you know, you are lucky Devarsh, Kenna's from there. But he says, I'm also a music student and have been learning it in the past for 11 years, which is a long time. So is there any university course in Allahabad? Oh, sorry, he's, no, he wants to become an architect in Ahmedabad, though he stays in Allahabad. Where can I continue both architecture and music? Kenna, would you be able to help him out being, if he wants to come to Ahmedabad? Well, the first thing I'd tell him, that, you know, I was myself a dancer for 17 years. That's wonderful. So to continue any form of art along with architecture is actually beneficial. And music is even more connected to architecture. Because if you understand music and the making of music, it's very close to how a lot of architecture and interior design happens. So he must first of all continue both. And then at, at some point decide which one is going to take priority in his life. And um, I believe that there are music teachers all over India. And there are now architecture schools again all over India. You'll have to divide the time carefully. Right. Studies. Um, there are still some very nice questions, but I'm going to take um, at least this one. A question from Garima. She's a graduate. She's a graduate architect from a national institute, but has never approached an artist during her design journey. So how do you educate artists of our country? I mean, do you really have to educate artists or how do you collaborate with an artist? Um, when you work, see that we're talking about artists and then there are craftspeople. These are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So like I said previously, if you're going to work with an artist, like a sculptor or a painter, then it's nice to have a curator in between because it kind of eases a lot of things between the interior designer and the client when you have a curator. When it comes to craft people, I think it's quite easy because you can get it through your interior contractor. You can uh, kind of incorporate them on certain jobs and kind of uh, basically make it easy for the artist because the payments to artists have to be done quite quickly and they can't wait. So those things have to be processed quite well. Correct. Okay. Um, so do maximalism and timelessness go together? I said yes. I thought I showed that slide. That right. We are all about dressing over the top and being in very intense environment and we should celebrate it. Correct. And so do flexibility and timelessness go together? Yes, because flexibility means you understood the function well. Mm -hmm. And in India, with the limited budget, a lot of things will have to do multitask. A space which is used as a living room will also be used as a puja room, will also be used by the teenage son as a party room, which also will be used for a rakhi function. So that flexibility comes inbuilt if you understand what India is all about and Indian life. Um, Radhika and Rajesh are, uh, they appreciate your efficient implementation. The 
because looking at all the work, they do believe your systems and processes have to be very efficient. So how are you, um, how do you make this systems? How did you build up the system and processes? Many years. The first 10 years of my career, like I say, were bent in creating processes, you know, things like how do you outsource order forms? I remember at that time, even my vendors didn't know what a sample means. They wouldn't even code their samples. So I taught them how to code their samples. My chair vendor didn't know how to bring an order form. So that was the first 10 years. Second 10 years went towards how do you represent a lot of these things, whether it is to a client or a contractor or to your peers in a presentation like this. And the 10 years after that went in more discovering where I stood in the profession. And I still continue discovering. I don't think I've reached anywhere. So I would like to just point out to some of the other questions which are about you know, it seems your presentation has inspired many people. They all would like to get into the profession. And, and their questions are about how can I do it? And as we had already taken up questions on that, you know, uh, getting into a formal way of understanding a lot of technicalities about the profession always will help you work on it faster and more structured manner. As for your innate talent and your innate ability to express yourself that is going to come out slowly as you keep on practicing so i'm going to uh, just stop at that advice but i do want to thank you kenna for taking you know giving your time sharing your experience sharing your thoughts and views and all this has been made possible because your team has been wonderful i, mean, I can imagine all of them being as involved uh, so Shantam, Sonal, Bhagyashree, and from our end, we have Tarika, Dakshita, Lily, everybody's put in so much of effort to bring this together. And we hope, we hope that can now we are going to go further and do some more uh, such, uh, such coming together and, you know, perhaps bring more excitement to our participants in future. So thank you very much. And thanks to your time. Especially. Thank you from my end as well. Um, I mean, I, we must thank the audience because we've shot over the time and yes, yes. been patient with us. And uh, I, like I said, it was wonderful presenting on this medium. Even for me, it's a new medium to work with. I've lectured in halls, I've lectured in, at SEPT University, but this is the first time that I'm lecturing to a screen where I see nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know that there is a whole bunch of people hearing me. So. And thank you very much for all to all of you participants. We will come back in two weeks' time with some more exciting webinars. Thank you all. Meantime, we do want to announce JS Institute of Designs uh, admissions will be on for the next term, which is going to be in January. So we look forward to you guys attending our next ones and please come back with as many questions and tough questions because we are here to answer.